It is Friday, April 14th. Today, science in the crosshairs. But this time, it's marketers pulling the trigger. Are we starting to see signs of saturation in the short-form video ad boom? Meta churns out more updates for Reels. And has Gen Z grown tired of authenticity? I'm Todd Maffin. That's ahead today in digital marketing. The endless pursuit of we marketers is to convince consumers that our product or service is the answer to their problems. Need to pick me up in the middle of the day? Try our chocolate bar. Have rats in your crawl space? You need our remediation service. There are a lot of tactics we can use. Comparing ourselves to competitors. Telling people we have the best price. Promising better customer service. And more recently, using science to try to convince prospects. But is that the right play? Especially in a world where some media have been convincing people that science is just opinion. Aviva Philip Muller is an assistant professor in marketing at the Beatty School of Business at Simon Fraser University in Vancouver. She and her colleagues recently published a paper in the Journal of Consumer Research called Get Your Science Out of Here When Invoking Science in the Marketing of Consumer Products Backfires. I spoke with her earlier this week. What we found was that consumers really hate it when marketers talk about the scientific process behind creating products if that product is one where consumers are trying to indulge or seek some sort of pleasure. So for something oh. like a really gooey chocolate chip cookie, consumers really hate it if there's any mention of the science behind creating that type of product. Uh, it doesn't have to just be food. Things like a, a sensual body wash or rich and moisturizing lotion that's described in a really indulgent way, or if consumers are really looking to indulge or get some sort of pleasurable experience out of the product, they really don't want to hear about the scientific process behind it. Science often uses the phrase hedonistic um, for that category. Is that right? Would we, we, we would consider these hedonistic products where science might backfire if used in marketing messaging? Yes, yes. So for, for hedonistic products, um, these are products like chocolate chip cookies, um, like any type of dessert, any type of spa-related product where you're just trying to gain pure pleasure from the product. You're not trying to get some sort of functional use out of it. It's not serving some sort of practical purpose in your life. You're just simply trying to live in the moment and indulge. Those are hedonic or hedonistic products. And for those types of products, sciences is likely to backfire. Our full conversation goes into much more detail, including what marketers can do to mitigate this backfire and whether she thinks consumers are becoming anti-science. The full unedited interview is coming tomorrow morning exclusively to the premium feed, which you can sign up for at todayindigital.com slash premium or by tapping the link in the show notes that says go premium. Is the end of the golden era of TikTok's short form video ad boom near? Over the past few years, TikTok has dominated the short-form video advertising field. But Digiday has an interesting think piece up today suggesting how it might be challenged in 2023. While ad dollars continue to pour into the app despite ongoing controversies, those dollars may not flow as fast as they once did, since Reels, YouTube Shorts, and Snapchat Spotlight all offer competition. According to a research analyst, TikTok's ad growth is expected to slow down to around 40% this year, which could mean a bigger share of short-form video ad dollars for companies like Meta. One platform gaining momentum is Meta's Instagram, 
with marketers reporting Reels are now a strong second to TikTok, suggesting the gap between the two is narrowing. And indeed, over the past year, Reels has tapped into marketing budgets. Its annual ad revenue rate increased threefold, from $1 billion in the second quarter of 2022 to $3 billion by the end of last year. This trend is expected to continue as the format now accounts for more than a third of Instagram usage. Brands are expanding their investments to other platforms as well. Quoting the Digiday piece, As ad spending is more diversified across these short-form channels, the TikTok-focused mindset that shaped a significant amount of ad spending on short-form in the recent years is evolving into something more holistic. But before we see any grand shifts on short-form ad dollar spend, the industry needs to get a better handle on how to best monetize short-form. As Reels gains traction among advertisers, Instagram added new features to its TikTok clone today. First, they've added a dedicated destination to find out what's trending on Reels. Marketers will be able to see the top trending songs, how many times an audio has been used, as well as the top trending topics and hashtags on Reels. Instagram has also made editing Reels a bit easier by consolidating video clips, audio, stickers, and text onto a single editing screen. New editing tools will also be introduced later, but no specifics were given. This update is available globally for iOS and Android devices. And the platform has also added some new metrics to Reels Insights, including total watch time and average watch time. Instagram is also adding a new feature that notifies you when you gain new followers through your Reels. Gifts on Reels are also expanding. Brands and creators will be able to see which fans have sent them gifts and recognize them by tapping on the heart icon next to the supporters' names. Meta is also preparing to expand its overall real monetization program via ads to more creators in the coming months. Over the last few years, Meta has been working on Reels ads with select creators having access to Reels overlay promotions, but it plans to expand that placement to more users. The company hasn't provided full details yet, but it recently encouraged participants to switch on professional mode to access those upcoming creator features. And finally, Meta said it's also looking to add more tools to help creators build online communities, including insights into their most engaged fans and templated posts to thank them for their support. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. If you like the format of this podcast, you will love theirs. It's packed with information, but it's brief. Last week, they had a great rundown on car prices, not just the numbers, but why car prices moved, how weather affects that market. It was super interesting. They also cover things like boosting your credit score, putting money away for retirement, saving on travel, and so on. So yeah, listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Putting our podcast and newsletter together can get complicated. We add show notes in one place, interview coordination in another, brainstorming somewhere else. It's easy to lose track of the big picture when you have to open a new window for every detail. With Miro, you can bring everything and everyone together in one place. Consolidate different points of view and increase team collaboration all on one centralized board. For instance, we used Miro to figure out the right flow for our newsletter automations. It let us get our team all contributing, including our ad agency people, and saved us a ton of time. 
and its new AI tool, which summarizes and clusters information automatically, was a game changer. Find simplicity in your most complex projects with Miro. Your first three Miro boards are free when you sign up today at Miro.com slash podcast. That's three free boards at Miro.com slash podcast. Montana is on the brink of becoming the first U.S. state to ban TikTok entirely. The proposed ban, supported by Montana's Republican-controlled legislature, is more comprehensive than bans in place in nearly half of the U.S. states and the federal government that prohibit the app's use, but only on government devices. The House endorsed the bill yesterday. The Attorney General of Montana urged state lawmakers to approve the bill, as he said he's uncertain whether Congress would move promptly on a federal ban. Montana's ban, which would come into effect next year, would be void if Congress passes a ban or if TikTok severs its Chinese connections. As for the bill itself, it would ban TikTok downloads in the state and fine any entity, that's an app store or even TikTok itself, $10,000 per day for each time anyone is given access to the platform or downloads the app. Users themselves would not be penalized. In response, TikTok said it would continue to challenge this and similar bans. Has Be Real's own mojo killed its vibe? The photo-sharing app built on authenticity took off last year, offering refuge from meticulously arranged posts and filtered images. But it seems to have lost its charm. Despite its initial popularity, New York Times this week reported some users found it boring seeing their own monotonous lives reflected back at them. The app's monthly downloads have declined since September, according to data from market intelligence firm Sensor Tower, and the number of daily users has dropped by more than 60% from its peak. That data from Aptopia. According to a marketing professor quoted in the New York Times, Be Real now faces a dilemma. Emphasizing authenticity may make the app too dull, while breaking its own rules to generate more exciting content risks turning the app into the very platform it was meant to counteract. Some users, though, are already bending the rules by posting more interesting photos later in the day. One expert interviewed by the Times calls this trend the online authenticity paradox, where the importance of being real clashes with the desire to share exciting moments and maintain a positive image. These factors have made it difficult for Be Real to live up to its name. And finally, Parler, the self-described uncancelable free speech platform, has been cancelled. Originally set up as a Twitter clone, mostly for conservative voices in the U.S., the platform has now been bought by a firm who has replaced the whole thing with a single web page announcing it had acquired it. The announcement reads in part, No reasonable person believes that a Twitter clone, just for conservatives, is a viable business anymore. May 22nd, that is the launch date of the secret project. I know it's a little ways off yet. You may notice that's a holiday. That's the only hint I'm going to give you. It's big. It might be the biggest thing we've ever done. And there is a hint coming at some point before the end of this episode. That's all I'm going to say. Don't forget the premium version of this podcast. is just like this one, but with no ads, access to deep dive interviews, story links in the show notes, audio chapters that let you jump between stories and more. Go to todayindigital.com slash premium or tap the link in the show notes that reads go premium. Today in Digital Marketing is produced by Engage Q Digital on the traditional territories of the Sunamic First Nation on Vancouver Island. 
Our associate producer is the intrepid Steph Gunn. Production coordinator, Sarah Guild. Features coordinator, Sarah Brooke Christian. Music licensing by Source Audio. Ad coordination by Red Circle. And you know, not many people know this, but our theme composer, Mark Blevis, is actually one of Elon Musk's closest friends. Or was, anyway. Uh, he used to back everything Elon did. Space stuff, brain stuff, car stuff. But over the last few months, Mark has finally given up on him. Even DM'd him the other day, saying, Once I ran to you, now I'll run from you, this tainted love you've given. I'm Todd Maffin. Thanks for listening. Have a restful weekend. Hopefully you caught the hint there. I'll see you on Monday. Monday.